Welcome to Signs of Hope, a series by Mater Day Radio, telling the stories of how God is working here in the Pacific Northwest. My name is Sarah Kinsey, your host, and I'm so excited to invite you along with us as we discover all the ways that God is working here in our Catholic community in Oregon and Southwest Washington. If you'd like to hear about the inspiration behind this project, feel free to listen to our short introductory episode. Our very first feature for this new project is on the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist. They are a religious community of women in Bridal Veil, Oregon, up in the Columbia Gorge. I was so, so fortunate that I got to start this new project with these sisters. I spent an absolutely lovely afternoon with the Franciscan Sisters. Um, They showed me so much kindness and hospitality the moment I arrived. And even though I was technically working, that afternoon just felt like a peaceful retreat, which I really needed to take from the busyness of everyday life. Their home in Bridal Veil is absolutely stunning. I think my favorite part was walking up a very short trail behind the convent, and within a matter of just a couple minutes, you all of a sudden see this beautiful cascading waterfall. I do encourage you to check out our video and our blog that goes along with this podcast because then you can actually see the waterfall. You can see their home, which is a converted and restored villa, their Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, their grounds, all their barnyard animals, all the trees and the mountains and the Columbia River. During my visit, I sat down with three of the sisters, and in this episode, I will feature the stories from Sister Mary Margaret Delasky, who is their superior, and she's also one of the founders of this religious order. Sister Mary Margaret shared with me that their order of the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist is considered a older, new community. They were founded in 1973 with about 45 sisters as an offshoot of another Franciscan order. Now, this was during a very turbulent time in the church and in religious communities, especially related to some interpretations of the Second Vatican Council. And as these sisters founded this new order with much prayer and study and discernment, they aimed to really preserve the main principles of religious life and to also keep vocations that uh, were being lost at the time. As I sat with Sister Mary Margaret, it was just fascinating to hear her share about the early days of this community and also the ways that they differ from other religious orders. Here is Sister Mary Margaret talking about the early days of the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist. Our hope at that time and our goal and our message still is that we would develop the individual gifts and talents of each person that God sends to respond to a call to religious life to the fullest. And in in that way, that sister would then do that for all other people that she would work with, bring them to their fullest uh, identity that God has given them. And so in um, the first Sunday of Advent in 1973, was the foundation day of our community. I had not made final vows yet, and there were many of us, 25 actually young people joined this group. I made final vows in the new community in 1974. Those early years were really years of searching out 
We were not subsidized by any diocesan fund or anything. We were independent as a community, so we had to support ourselves and find work that we felt would serve the church but also bring in an income. We chose, in a deliberate way, not to be as many communities up to that point. They were supported by the church. If they were teaching in a church school, they were supported by the church of the parish. But we, we knew that our call was to the wider church, the bigger church, meaning secular society also. So um, we did many things in those early years, and we kept searching for where God was calling us. I would say those 45 sisters who began the community were really adventurous. There was no um, limit as to far as what we could say we could do. So we had more, we have a mortician, Someone worked in a bank, just different places where we felt God needed to be, and we continue to do that. When we look back, we say, how did we ever do that? But when you're in it, you just do it. And uh, we work together. Community life, strong community life is very important to us. So we always lived with others. We lived in groups, in community. And that's one of the things that was being disregarded. That was one of the principles that we would live in community and um, support each other and build bonds of trust. Now, besides the work or profession or ministry that each individual sister undertakes, the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist as a whole community really have some particular charisms and specific ministries that they focus on. So here's a little bit more from Sister Mary Margaret about what their religious community offers. Our work has been varied. One of our principal uh, apostolates or missions has been a Montessori school that was begun way back at the beginning days when our sisters first moved here. It's called the Franciscan Montessori Earth School in Portland. But we've also um, developed many programs that people come here we have classes for men, classes for women. We have a Franciscan spirituality class that we offer. We do baking classes. Um, we have classes on the Eucharist. And one of our major outreaches is through our Franciscan apprenticeship program. We have about 25 lay faithful who wanted to deepen their spirituality through a Franciscan focus. And so they have a or initial orientation of what is Franciscan spirituality, learn about St. Francis and St. Clair. And if they want to pursue that in terms of a dedication to the Franciscan call, then they enter a phase of formation, um, which is, it can be, it's, it's not hard, fast, like three to five years, but it can take several years. And it inserts them more fully into the church through prayer and through service. And then each of them eventually is named into a mission that they carry out the Franciscan mission in the greater Portland area. Or some of our apprentices actually live up in Seattle. One lives way down near Medford or in one family. And this can be couples, this can be an individual person. It just depends on who feels the call. And it doesn't take them away from parish. It kind of inserts them more fully into the faith and into their church. One thing that really stuck out to me while I was spending time with the Franciscan sisters is that as Sister Mary Margaret said earlier, they really are integrated into the secular world and into the wider church. 
And it really was just fascinating to hear about all the different professions that these sisters are in. Now, as a religious, Sister Mary Margaret has been very involved in the world of music, both here in Oregon and previously at another one of the sisters' centers in Michigan. So here is Sister Mary Margaret again, as she shares about working as a music therapist, playing the harp, and teaching music in the classroom. I went to Michigan State University um, to get some credentials in music therapy and founded a program there in music therapy. And I worked there for 40-some years. We have a 230-acre farm in Michigan. My specialty area was children with autism and um, got them to become less sensory sensitive so they could go out to the land, see the animals, grasses, woods, all of those things that were important. I incorporated that into the music sessions. Oh, and then someone called up one day and said, how would you like a pedal harp? So I asked our mother general at that time, and she said, well, the harp is a beautiful instrument, and we are called to bring beauty into this world. I think you should say yes. So that started another whole cycle, I would say, of music involvement. The harp world is a world of its own. And um, I had jumped into that pool and took lessons and got pretty efficient and started harp circles with adults. And when I came here, I knew that would uh, not be the same, but I am doing all of that now in a little lesser degree. I was given the privilege of being trained in music by my parents, and I sort of took it for granted that um, everybody could do music, anybody could do music, but one year I was asked to be a teacher in a fourth grade elementary classroom, and I began to realize that some kids who couldn't handle the academics, reading, math, who were social misfits on the playground, they were my stars in music class. And I began to realize what a gift music was to really reach people and allow them to become who they are meant to be. And that's what God wants of us. God wants us all to develop. I see the joy and the release, and especially in those last three years, during this time of COVID, children have struggled a lot. and. You can just see that all melts away when they're doing music. And so that's God working. The greatest gift is if we find out what God wants of us, what, who we are to be, that opens us and frees us and releases us to then bring that out of other people in the most holy way. And it's, um, it's a wonderful thing when those match. That's what I feel has happened for me. I've been grateful for that. As you can hear from Sister Mary Margaret's story, what God has called her to in her work really fits who she is. And she also gave some really great advice on finding what it is that God has in store for you and for your gifts and your talents, especially, you know, if, if you're trying to discern a particular vocation or trying to figure out what is God's will for you. I went through a time of not knowing whether or not God was calling me to this. And I think some people looking on a religious sister, they think it happens automatically. And it, it, everybody goes through that time of doubt, time of questioning, time of unknowing. But I, I always say, just keep praying. Even if you think God isn't hearing you, or even if you don't know what God wants you to be in terms of a profession, should you be a nurse, should you be a doctor, should you be a 
whatever. Um, keep on asking and keep on praying because the answers will come. So don't give up. I hope that you've been as inspired by Sister Mary Margaret's words as I was sitting there chatting with her. And maybe that will lead you to deeper questions. Maybe today each of us can take time to ask God, who are you calling me to be? Where are you calling me? As we see from her example and the example of all the Franciscan sisters, God really is at work when we are open to his call and we allow him to use our gifts and talents for him and for others. That brings us to the end of this episode. In the next two episodes, you'll hear from Sister Anne Claire and Sister Veronica. Thank you again for joining us on Signs of Hope as we tell the stories of how God is working here in the Pacific Northwest. And may God bless you. Signs of Hope is produced by Mantra Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. Find this show on your favorite podcast platform and our free Hail Mary Media app, along with a wide range of our locally produced shows, prayer library, radio live stream, and more. Details are also available on materdayradio.com.